This year's donations might go to, say, the geology department. Oh dear, not the dirt people. Geology is the study of pressure and time. That's all it takes, really. What kind of activity has turned the lake massive? Look, I'm just a geologist. I like rocks. I love rocks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Geology Flannel Cast. My name is Steve. Hey, everybody. This is Chris. Uh, howdy. Howdy, y'all. This is Jesse. Um, welcome, everyone, to the premier geology podcast, also known as the Geology Flannel Cast. How's everyone doing out there today? I hope you guys are doing, having a great day. We're having a great day here at the Flannel Cast headquarters, which is scattered all over the U.S. Eastern Seaboard. And uh, no complaints on our end. Everything's, I think I speak for all of us when I say everything's going great today. Honky dory. Exactly. All right. That's good. Yeah. Good for you. Are you not doing all right? You no, want to talk doing, about it? Yeah. You no, have a little no, venting session with all of our <laughs> no, friends? I did. Uh, yeah. So, Sarah accidentally locked herself out of the house today and there was no spare key. Oh no. But she had the car key. So she just drove down to Temple. <laughs> and and so I, I came over and I was at I was at school for two hours today. I had just gotten in. <laughs> She's like, can you come home and let me in the house? It's like, yeah. Wow. Nice. Yeah. So, but I mean, that's really not a big deal. No, you you need to get one of those combo lock boxes outside your house. That's what I, I you know, I actually ordered one, something similar. I was going to get well, like a fake rock, but I couldn't bring myself to do it because they are really bad looking. And well, then I thought, real rock and just tape the key under a real rock. Well, that's, I was, I, that's actually a better idea. I was thinking like, oh, I'll just take one into the rock lab and like cut a big notch out of it. And like, I, it'll be a little hiding space. But taping it sounds much easier. <laughs> Carving a key-shaped hole out of a rock. Well, would, yeah, oh it's not God. like I'm not like Andy Dufresne sneaking a rock hammer here. <laughs> it wasn't going to be the exact shape of my. Key. This is gonna. It's this is a slippery slope because you start off just carving out a hole in a, in a rock. Next thing you know, you're gonna have the like a, the Great Pyramid of Giza in your backyard. Yeah. <laughs> Before you get it correct, yeah. I've gotten yeah. I've gotten really into rock carving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times, man. Wow. Yeah. So now that everybody listening to the podcast knows where Jesse's going to hide his spare key. This yeah. Is, well, that's the thing. Yeah. I didn't tell you what type of rock. Or yeah. Yeah, that's true. And you, and you looked outside of a geologist's house. There's going to be more than one rock. <laughs> I did. So I, I, I just moved. And one of the last things I grabbed from my backyard is a huge hunk of anthracite that I keep back there. That's my decorative rock. Hey, anthracite. Like and, you know, in a pinch, like a zombie apocalypse, you have to keep your house warm for a while. There you go. Yeah. Winter, well, winter, chicken dinner. Speaking <laughs> about uh, favorite types of rocks, any anybody's favorite type of rock is maybe uh, an amphibolite or maybe uh, a serpentinite, perhaps. <laughs> it's, it's it's not it's not on my my list. It's on my list of interesting rocks. But yes, not favorite rocks. Ooh, I a broader question for you: what what doesn't make your list of interesting rocks? It's <laughs> a great question. You know, I don't know if I have any. Right. There are some that you think are your least favorite. There are definitely some that are duller, boringer than ah, others. Duller. But... Get it? 
I mean, I'll say it right now. I mean, <laughs> Shale. I think Shale's boring. I, you know, oh, you get some good fossils in Shale. How about the often yeah. overlooked siltstone? Yeah, siltstone does. I feel like it's the understudy to shale. It's just like <laughs> it's not a sandstone. It's not a shale. It's like, what are you doing, siltstone? Come on, get your act together. Hey, somebody's got to be between them. There, oh boy, there are. You know, I feel like we live in an area uh, where there's so much schist that it, it gets a little boring sometimes. I'm like, ah, but you stop and think what? about it. You're like, schist is really pretty. It is. It's nature's glitter. I feel well. I feel like I take it for granted as part of the prop. Yeah. Not for granted. <laughs> Boy, I'm really. Uh, that was not on purpose. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of sad. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So speaking of rocks and minerals and igneous minerals what is our topic today chris well, that's what i was trying to i was trying to do the segue there and you guys didn't pick up on it <laughs> no we we picked I up did. on it, was, it we just kept going with it and your segue was just too good it was too good of a question <laughs> yeah i'm sorry i'll try I'll work on making my segues worse over time um, today we're going to be talking all about asbestos. What is it? And, uh, where does it come from? What does it do? How much fun is it? All these, all these, uh, good things about asbestos. So fun fact about asbestos, there is no mineral called asbestos, right? Asbestos is this, uh, is this, this, this group of minerals that, um, all have this this common quality to it, but uh, let's start off with the entomology uh, of as the word asbestos. So it was first used in the 1600s, and it ultimately derives from uh, an ancient Greek word that I can't pronounce, uh, which means unquenchable or unextinguishable. So, um, and that came from. Do you, do you know who that came from? no do you yeah uh i i think that the first use of the term asbestos comes from friend of the podcast pliny the elder so in the, hmm. the ancient roman historian who's uh oh shoot i just blanked was it pliny the elder or his nephew the younger uh -oh. who saw vesuvius it was he died in Vesuvius, right? No. Um, yeah, no, he died in Vesuvius. Yeah, Pliny the Elder died, and Pliny the Younger recorded the account. So the account we have of Vesuvius erupting and burying Pompeii and Herculaneum is from Pliny the Younger. He did write it like 30 years after the fact. So, uh, you know, there's that. But, yeah, Pliny the, the Elder, who was like the famous... I guess you would consider him, you know, we call him a historian, but he was sort of, you know, one of those ancient polymaths who did it all. He first, in his uh, book, uh, Natural History, wrote about asbestos. Oh, how about that? Yeah. yeah. Pliny the Elder lived to the uh, ripe old age of, well, one source is 56, one source is 55. We died in his 56th year, so okay, 55. Which is pretty old. For yeah, so, he, It was like AD, like 
70. Died in 79. <laughs> 79. 79. The year, yeah. the year when, 79. When, when, Vesuvius, <laughs> when Vesuvius erupted. <laughs> when Vesuvius erupted, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks like he was born either in the year 23 or 24. Yeah. I guess we'll never know. We will never know. <laughs> yeah, the, the wind caused the sixth and largest pyroclastic surge of the volcano's eruptions to not allow any ships to leave the port, and he died. Uh, <laughs> well, um, so anyway, back to asbestos. <laughs> um, so uh, like you said, asbestos is, uh, it's just a commercial and legal term, which encompasses huh. many, many types of minerals. So let's break this down, the, the two types of, uh, of asbestos. So first off, we got in the, in the serpentine group, we got uh, chrysotile. And this is, this is the most common, commonly used uh, type of asbestos. Uh, it, it's like 95% of asbestos in buildings in the United States uh, are made of chrysotile. And uh, how should we do this? Should we name all the different types of minerals first that are in the asbestos group or this asbestos category? Uh, I mean, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> so we got the, okay. So there's only one mineral in the, in the serpentine group. That's, that's chrysotile. Like I said, that's, that's the most common, also known as white asbestos. And then in the amphibol group, uh, we got a couple different types here. You got, uh, Amosite, which is also known as brown asbestos. Amosite. Amosite, yeah. Sorry, I put the wrong syllable in there, the wrong emphasis on there. On the wrong syllable, yeah. Mm. Um, Crocodolite. Crocidolite. Uh, (laughs) Crocidolite. Believe me, I I pronounce it forever, crocodolite. Because it (laughs) it looks like it's like crocodile. It's it's crocidolite. Uh, and that's a that's a blue fibrous one, and that yeah. that one is like uh, extremely no bueno. They're they're all not good for you, but this one is like, yeah, uh, we'll get like, into that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, tremolite, actinolite, and anthophyllite. So uh, those are all in the amphibol group, and uh, you'd be surprised at the amount of. Um, uh, things that are made with asbestos and, and what historically has had asbestos in the past. I was just talking to a guy, I was getting some work done on my house and I was talking to this guy and a uh, contractor and uh, there he was, his group is working with getting um, asbestos like certified for asbestos removal. And he was saying back in like the fifties, they used to have these tablecloths and just it had asbestos in it. And what you do is you just uh, once you started, it started getting dirty or whatever, just threw it into the fire and so, uh, yeah, fire and uh, the, the the stuff burned off. And then you take it out of the fire and uh, it's good to go. You know, so that I mean, I, that's uh, that's sort of like the famous tale about asbestos, uh, whether or not it's true or not, is that the Emperor Charlemagne would have a tablecloth made made from asbestos so charlemagne did you read this outline already no no, this is jesse tells the story all the time 
Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Let's hear. Let's hear the Charlemagne story. Well, now I'm on the uh, now. Uh, well, look under the history section, buddy. Oh boy, <laughs> I I did not look at the outline. And this boy, oh boy, perfectly what? formatted outline. Do I look like a fool? Might as well get it over and done with now. Let's, yeah. let's, uh, let's knock this out. Give while I open up the, this. while I open up this formatted outline. Yeah, so we'd like to thank the Formatic Formula for being a wonderful sponsor of our podcast, as well as helping us format this beautiful outline that Jesse hasn't opened yet. <laughs> but uh, thank you to Formatic Formula, www.formaticformula.com or YouTube forward slash C forward slash Formatic Formula. So uh, what is the Formatic Formula? I feel like we talk about them every week and I spout out all these great things about them. But they're essentially a company that takes your Word document and makes it awesome. Uh, you know, I don't know how much more simpler terms I can make it. They can, you know, just make it look nice. They can embed figures. They can teach you how to do hyperlinks. They can customize your toolbar, which is like the thing at the top. If you use certain things all the time, you can customize it. Um or you can teach yourself by watching their YouTube videos and just watch their YouTube videos, subscribe to their YouTube videos and figure out like, hey, I need to do this. I need to do that. Um, and these videos are very helpful. They're very step by step. They're very well paced. Um, and if you're a dumbo like me, you can even pause them and try it out on your computer and then hit play and see if it worked. Um, it's a very nice, well, safe, self-paced thing. Uh for me to do. It helps me learn the stuff, but also I'm fairly lazy. So if I really do have an interesting problem when it comes to word, I just say, Hey, formatty formula, fix it. <laughs> and they're great. And they, they always turn back a wonderful product. So we can't say enough good things about the formatting formula.com. So please check them out. And more importantly, make sure you say the geology flannel cast sent you. Was that enough time for you to look it up? Uh, I did. I did get there. That was very good. I mean, I don't. I, I'll save this. This is this is down in the history section. I feel bad. Yeah, Charlemagne. So, yeah, let's let's hear your Charlemagne story. Well, so sh- the the story that I'm, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Is that Charlemagne? So I I will. I do take some exception with the outline here. Um is that, you know, he had a tablecloth made from asbestos. And so he would host these dinner parties, people eating and drinking and, you know, plates weren't really a thing back in. So he lived in the the eighth century, eighth into the ninth. He was crowned emperor at 800, just fun fact, Christmas day. Uh, But they ate oftentimes off like trenchers. uh, So just like a piece of stale bread. Yeah. So like a piece of stale bread or something like that. Oh, um, kind of like reminds me of a. Um, you ever have uh, uh, some New England clam chowder in a bread bowl? Yeah, yeah. Really or, good, uh, good for you, but it's really no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so much carbs. Uh, but he would so you know you get a lot of food and drink spilled on it, and so at the end of the party he would take the cloth and throw it in the fire and it would burn off all of the food and 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 drink and he'd pull it out and it would be unburned and and sort of clean and it was it was used to like convince his guests that he was you know chosen by god to rule 
he had these divine powers and he helped help that to solidify his 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 place meanwhile just uh from a manufacturing standpoint <laughs> how do you make in 800 a tablecloth woven out of minerals <laughs> well because uh well uh chris chris teal is uh it, it's more fibrous like that. You can, you can actually, you can, no, that's what, and I've seen it and it is fibrous, but it's still fragile, right? I get, I may, I guess not. Or I guess when you weave enough of them together, they, that, that, that uh, strength comes into play and they just don't break. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, the fibrous nature um, we will see is, is part of the reason it's so bad for you. Um. But that that's yeah, it would be interesting. How do they who thought to like Yeah. Hey, you, here's this white fibery stuff. Let's see if I can't weave it into fabric. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. So yeah, uh why why do we use asbestos? Like what's what is it, what is it uh it's kind of like so the one thing Jesse's story hinted at that it's uh it's it's resistant to burning, right? Uh, asbestos is used. They use it a lot in construction uh, and, and uh, oh, fireproofing. Um, it's an excellent electrical insulator, highly heat resistant, what we said. Um, so it's used a lot in, in building materials, or historically it's been used a lot in building materials. Um, so back in the day, you figure you, you found this product. It doesn't burn. It doesn't conduct electricity. It has these super duper insulating properties. You're like, holy crap! This is like an, this is like, you know, the wonder mineral. It's fantastic, and it, it was for a long, long, long time. Yeah, you, I mean, I from eight hundred when you're making tablecloths out of it, all the way up to, you know, well, it goes the nineteen seventies. But yeah, yes, it does go back even further than that. But um, all all those properties. Uh, in hindsight, it's obviously too good to be true, but prior to knowing what the health effects were, like this was like the bee's knees. Yeah, I mean, the cat's pajamas, if you will. I mean, part of it was you just didn't understand the health effects, and then to more recent times, you're just going to overlook some of those health effects. Well, yeah, and and not not to be totally logical and cold about this, but how many lives were saved because things didn't burn down or things didn't get electrocuted or things, you know, you know, at at the time, again, before you knew the health effects, like this probably saved millions of lives. However, it is, you know, and we'll get into this is also taken away millions of lives. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. It depends on how you look at it, you know, but, uh, you know, they don't really keep numbers on how many people were saved by this stuff. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, exa- exactly. And, and yeah. I'm not, I'm not, sa- I'm not saying we should who's... start using asbestos again, but yeah. Steve's in the pocket of big asbestos. <laughs> yeah, I think he's in the asbestos lobby. Is that, is that what's happening right now? 
This podcast brought to you by Owens Corning. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, historically, your white asbestos has been used in. Oh, Jesus. Uh, This this list is pretty long. Uh, Drywall, joint compound, plaster. um, This is an interesting one. Gas mask filters uh, during World War Two. Whoopsies, as a yeah, friend of the podcast, bad. Matt Sophie would say. Uh, <laughs> uh, vinyl seems problematic. Tiles, adhesives, uh, uh, roofing tars, siding, shingles, jeez, uh, uh, countertops, insulation for pipes, popcorn ceilings, uh, any type, anything for fireproofing, caulk, and the list just goes on. Brake pads uh yeah i have a fire what what's a fire blanket oh i have one in my kitchen it's it's just a it's essentially looks like a blanket or like just like a piece of canvas yeah but you can throw it on a fire and it'll it'll extinguish it um but i have a fun fact about brake pads when i was 15 my grandfather was teaching me how to change brakes and you know my grandfather was a little old school and he would just stick the air compressor in the brake drum. Back then, they had drum brakes, and just would blow out all all the crap that was in there. Oh, and geez. like you know, it get like a Oop. giant face full of stuff. And he's like, "Oh, don't breathe that in. I don't think that's good for you." <laughs> Life lessons Thanks. from from Grandpa, right? <laughs> Thanks, Grandpa. Yeah. Wow. I remember telling that to my uncle when. Like he was trying to sh- teach me how to change uh, disc brakes. And I was like, oh, don't you like blow it all off with the air compressor? He's like, God, no, like, there's terrible stuff in that. I was like, oh, well, this, this is what your dad taught me. <laughs> like, don't ever do that. <laughs> um, fireproof clothing, clothing for firefighters. Uh, did I say thermal pipe insulation? Um, yeah. So all that stuff. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's commonly was commonly used in a lot of, a lot of, uh, construction stuff. Um, so, uh, and then, uh, some of the other things, well, mostly just because of the, the properties of asbestos, just it, it, the main thing is just anything that's like, uh, insulation or, you know, it can be uh, heat resistant. Um, uh, so yeah, old old ovens and stuff used to have this like white cloth looking uh canvas looking ribbon around the oven door and you would shut the oven and open the oven and that was usually asbestos. Mm. So if you have a really old oven, you know, something from like I don't know, probably the mid 70s and before um there's there's a chance that 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 might have asbestos around the outside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's doing research for this topic. Uh, it's surprisingly, it's surprising how many, how many uh, things had asbestos in it back in the day. Um, like Steve said, there were, there were positive aspects of it, but then there's also some uh, really negative aspects behind, behind asbestos here. Um so all the EPA, the United States Environmental 
Protection Agency classifies all types of asbestos as cancer-causing substances. And so the EPA has gone, come out and said, like, there's, there's no like uh, there's no safe amount of exposure. Like, you know, there's no, there's no exposure that you can, you can take, or I guess it's not safe, but what's the term I'm looking for? There's, there's no, like, there's no amount of exposure. to There's no ex- acceptable limit. Yeah. Acceptable limit. Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's what I was looking for. Um, yeah. So if, if you look at these asbestos fibers under a microscope, like if you look at them, like you see these pretty pictures of these minerals, it just looks like these uh, really long, thin, you know, essentially fibers, but it's rock, you know, these are minerals growing out, but when they, they break, they become what's called friable, which means, you know, they're just little pieces and and they can actually get suspended in the air to the point where you can breathe them in. And when you breathe them in, they get into your lungs. And if you look at them microscopically, some, some of them are just like, you know, pointy needles, which is bad. Mm -hmm. Some of yeah. them have a tendency for the ends to curve almost like fish hooks, which is really bad. So, so some asbestos bearing minerals are, are worse than others. They're all bad, but some are really bad. And so when it gets into your lungs, it, you know, basically pokes a hole in your bronchial and it becomes an irritant. And th- those irritants then have the tendency to, uh, be a nucleus for some sort of cancer causing, you know, I'm not a biologist, I'm not a doctor, but you know, it it has a tendency to cause cancer. It causes scar. Yeah. So let's get, so number one, yeah, you can get, um, you can get, um, asbestos exposure can cause cancer, right? But only a small percentage. So it'll give you lung cancer, right? Well, most, most times uh, the main thing is lung cancer, uh, but only small amount of lung cancer cases are linked to asbestos. You guys know what the primary cause of lung cancer is in the United States? No idea. Smoke, smoking. smoking? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, tobacco smoking accounts for about 80% of lung cancer deaths in the United States. Yeah. Mes- mesothelioma, which is number- usually the, the uh, cancer that's associated with asbestos is number two. Do you um, need, well, no, I, was, I thought number two was radon. Radon. Yeah. Oh, I'm way off. Mesothelioma is a rare cancer. Yeah. Radon uh, is, not, not so rare that radon's it still see commercials about cancer, it. But. Non-smoking. Yeah. So if you, if you, um, if you're exposed to a significant amount of asbestos and you, and you smoke on top of that, like, well, does does it cancel out? It, yeah, it cancels yeah. out, and you'll be fine. As long as you're <laughs> sitting in your basement full of radon. <laughs> if you live in a basement with radon, you're breathing in asbestos all day and smoking a pack a day. Um, I mean, if you smoke the cigarette backwards, you won't catch on fire. If you just blow the cigarette out, like if you instead of inhaling, you just you just <laughs> blow out. Yeah. So don't don't smoke. Don't breathe in asbestos and stay out of your basement. Problem solved. That sounds like a foolproof advice to me. All right, let's let's call it a night. <laughs> um. So let's see. So what ends up happening is, uh, 
exposure to, uh, if you're exposed to asbestos, you can get number one, lung cancer. Number two, you can get asbestosis that causes permanent lung damage. You can get mesothelioma, which is a cancer of the chest and stomach lining. Uh, you can get cancer of the gastrointestinal tract, kidney and throat. Uh, you can get scarring of the lung lining and uh, pleural effusions. It's when fluid collects around the lungs. So, uh, yeah, not not fun because like what Steve says is it, asbestos gets stuck in your lungs, and uh, these fibers just they're, once they're in your lungs, that's it. They, they, your lungs can't get them out and over. Um, and then what has up happening is your body starts building this like scar tissue around. All right, just building this this tissue around the the fibers of asbestos, and uh, over time that can cause enough genetic and cellular damage to cause your lung cells to turn cancerous. So here's the scary thing about uh, your asbestos related lung cancers is that it can take like 15 to 35 years to develop after your initial exposure um, of the of of the um, asbestos. So there's a bit of a lag time it takes for your lungs to kind of, uh, you know, really get affected by this stuff. Yeah. And they were having some horrible, terrible stories of like, you know, uh, people would be in shipyards and things like that and dealing with asbestos all the time, but they had personal protective equipment and or engineering controls to make sure they weren't breathing it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, just knowing, you know, it's just like dust and stuff like that. Like, okay, you know, you're going to wear a dust mask. You're going to do this. And then they'd go home. And, you know, in the fifties and sixties and stuff, typically it was the wife was doing the laundry and she would be like shaking their clothes out before doing their laundry. And uh, all these women were getting lung cancer and mesothelioma because they, they didn't have the masks on and they were shaking out, you know, their husband's clothing and breathing all this stuff in. And they were, they were getting this stuff. Wow. Yeah. Terrible. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so because of this, uh, this like lag period, uh, that, of uh, between when you're exposed to asbestos and when you're, um, um, uh, when you actually start to develop the cancers, people that are diagnosed today of these lung cancers related to asbestos exposure, we're just exposed to the stuff when, when it was prevalent and it just kind of you know, takes some time for it to, it to kick in. Um, so most people that are most at risk for are most at risk professions for developing uh, basically these various sicknesses from asbestos exposure are minors, uh, people in the construction industry. So people under 18. People under 18 are, once you turn 18, you're not, no longer not, at risk. Not for that kind of minor. Got it. People that work in mines. There you that. go. <laughs> Any type of heavy industry, shipbuilding, firefighter, firefighting. Uh, uh, veterans are also at an uh, increased risk for developing asbestos-related sicknesses. So, um yeah, it's so that's uh, some of the people that are most likely to get it. Um, uh, so the other thing that you can get, as we mentioned lung cancer, you can also get ovarian cancer from uh, asbestos related um, exposures. 
Uh, now the now the uh, like we said a couple of minutes ago, the the US EPA has come out and said there's no. Um, well, they've also said that there's no, there's no type of asbestos that's worse or, or it's all bad, right? The EPA is just, they yeah. never, they never said which yeah. one's the worst, right? But um, the Health Protection Agency in the UK, they claim that uh, the amphibole varieties of asbestos are the, are the most dangerous forms. And, and Steve, you said the blue, blue asbestos is like the worst of the worst, right? Uh, the chrysotile. I don't know if it's the absolute worst, but it's, it's, it's that's one of the definitely it's, that's definitely a lot really worse. Not good one. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, because you know, I, I guess you're alluding to the the Johnson. And, well, maybe I won't say the company name, but a company name <laughs> that was uh. He didn't finish it. So I didn't. We, I no, didn't. Don't know. Be anything. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not allegedly. It's it's public knowledge. It's, it's, it's public the, knowledge. Yeah. yeah. We can get into that later. Yeah. Um. But. You know, like we said, this stuff is in everything and talc can be an asbestos, can have asbestos in it. And talcum powder was used forever for, oh, for yeah. drying properties and, and uh, they use them for, you know, babies and, you know, baby powder and all that, like all that stuff. So um, they found that inadvertently when they were mining the talc, there was also asbestos in it and they, they never... I, I don't know, tested for it, cared, cared to test well, for it or. Yeah. I mean, you find it near the, you, you find veins of um, uh, uh, asbestos. What's the type of asbestos? Uh, uh, tremolite. I think that sounds correct. Yes. Um, uh, with the associate with talc. Associated mm-hmm. with talc. And so, yeah. So, yeah, if you can, you can. There's a ways that you can mine it. Tremolite, yeah, and uh, yeah, tremolite. And yeah, and so in the you know the U.S. I think it's since the '70s, like the government has required. There's a law that they they have to make sure the talc is asbestos free. But we'll see. That's not always the case. But this connection, one of the earliest sort of, one of the earlier connections between talc and, and asbestos was the story with the stomach cancer, right? Do you remember this? Do you know the story? No. I just want to refresh my memory. About, um, so there was, I guess there was a researcher who found this connection between um, the rates of stomach cancer in, in Japan because they- Oh, they, with the rice? They washed the rice with talc. Oh, to like yes. To pol- polish the rice. And so the, there's some thought that, you know, this asbestos contaminated talc was getting on the rice and then you were consuming it and it was leading to higher rates of stomach cancer. And, and it was more of the, the people who were actually washing it yeah. because, you know, it, uh, you know, you can't see me, but in the washing motion, imagine a bowl and you're just kind of shaking things around in a bowl. Like think of a, like a wok or something like that. And as they're doing this, this powder is getting in the air and they're constantly breathing it all day and, and, and eating the rice as well. So it wasn't just lung cancer it was stomach cancer as well. And yeah. that's, that's where the, like, the, yeah, this researcher figured out like, Oh, okay. That's, that's where it's coming from. Oh, well, they, uh, 
they started to realize as early as uh, 1897, uh, an Austrian doctor attributed uh, pulmonary troubles to, uh, with one of his patients to this person inhaling asbestos dust. Um, hmm. And then in 1898 in England, uh, there was a factory that used asbestos in, in manu manufacturing um, and they really started to, to pick up or they actually said, in, oh yeah, so I'm sorry, in 1898, they came out with a report saying that since 1833, people have been getting sick from this stuff. Yeah. Widespread having... damage to injury of the lungs due to dusty surroundings of the asbestos mill. Yeah. So that's roughly uh, 70 years of, of data there. <laughs> Just sitting on that gem right there. Um, yeah. And then, uh, so let's see. In 18, or I'm sorry, in 1906, the first documented death of an asbestos worker from pulmonary failure was recorded uh, in London. Uh, let's see, it was a 33-year-old victim, uh, had large amounts of asbestos fibers in his lungs, and uh, he, they said he died of, uh, they called it fibrosis. Uh, and uh, so he was involved with asbestos plants in Italy and France. And uh, and they started picking up on that in the United States. And uh, as early as 1908, some of the uh, insurance companies in the U.S. and Canada stopped where they began decreasing coverage and uh, decreasing benefits uh, and increasing pr uh, premiums for workers employed in the asbestos in industry. So yeah, follow the money. Yeah, yeah. pick it up on this. Like, hey, people that work in these asbestos, you know, plants, mines, whatever, they're getting really sick. So yeah, we're gonna charge you more money if you if you yeah, uh... that was 113 years ago. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. 113 years ago to when did asbestos cases peak in the US? 1973. <laughs> so another like almost 70 well, years I'm later. Sorry, that's not that, yeah, that's consumption of asbestos. Right, right. Yeah. But I'm saying so for 70 years, things got worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in 1973, the US used 865 years. Sorry. <laughs> Matt, gotta math. make sure your numbers are correct. Uh, yeah, I'm not a math whiz. I don't want to get some emails because if I do, I won't read them. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1973 in the united states uh asbestos peaked at uh they were, it used 804,000 tons uh the world demand for asbestos uh peaked in 1977 uh, uh then in the uh, in the late 1970s uh, they started the there was a dramatic decline in the use of asbestos with uh, in the industrialized nations and basically people were starting to pick up like hey I think I think this asbestos stuff is getting people sick and it's uh yeah. it's someone to... someone finally uh, you know what I just read that report from 1833 <laughs> <laughs> this, this might be bad. Just got around to it. Yeah. It's been in my inbox for a long yeah. time. <laughs> Just following up with this report here. So um, let's see some more fun facts about uh, exposure. 
Uh, asbestos has been, been banned in more than 60 countries, but it's not banned in the United States. So there's no like, you know, straight USA, across the board ban USA, in, the, in the United States. No, I um, think I think they still I think it, it's banning all um, commercial products, I think, like or consumer products like. Yeah, yeah. I can't buy a pan that's made out of asbestos. However, no. some very uh, specialized industrial like gaskets and stuff where you know it's i mean i don't want to say the word necessary but it's it's a better it's doing a better job because it is a really good like insulator and protective coating and yeah if it's in a more controlled environment yeah and if you know it's there and you know how to dispose of it properly then i mean even in your house like if your house is older than 30 years you, you have asbestos in it. And as long as you're not probably 40 now, but. 40. Yeah. I guess what year. Oh boy. It's time is a funny thing. <laughs> uh, but as, as long as you're not like cutting into it or jiggling it or, you know, licking it, it's probably fine. Right. So if you have yeah. a, asbestos pipe insulation in your house, I, we may be jumping the gun, Chris on your uh, outline here. So I apologize, but uh, if it's sitting there, you're fine. Like, you know, you're, you're, it's, it's not like radiation or something like that, where you just have to walk by it and you're going to get affected by it. However, if something happens, something bangs into it, something, you know, for some reason it becomes cracked or, or what we call friable. And then it gets, it becomes dust and it gets in the air and then you breathe it, then, then you're in trouble. So yes, if it, if it wasn't in your house to begin with, you don't even have to worry about it. If it is in your house, you just have to know what steps to take to make sure you're not going to ingest it. So if you want to get rid of it, there are special abatement things they call to do it, you know, keeping it wet. So it doesn't become airborne, uh, keeping it like Chris before our podcast was talking about, you know, how long it takes to cover a room in plastic, <laughs> you know, uh, this was because he was, you know, trying to cover up a dead body, but um, not about allegedly, asbestos. allegedly, <laughs> sorry, allegedly. Um, but no, we we're talking about, you know tv shows and things like that how they just kind of gloss over the fact like oh wow this whole room's covered in plastic that would take forever but <laughs> that's a different podcast for a different day but uh you know that just just because you know you have something like this in your house or even lead-based paint or something like that like an easy way to get rid of lead not get rid of lead-based paint but but render it not a problem paint over it you know, you won't get paint chips. You won't get the dust. You won't get those things if you if you encapsulate it in new mm-hmm. latex paint. So, same same thing with asbestos. I'm not saying you should just ignore it forever. However, um, when it's just sitting there, it it's if you just leave it alone and it's right. not it's not getting broken up. And if it's just there, like yes, it's not going to be a problem. Now, if you go if you do go to move it, that's when you have to take precautions. You know. And, and you also have to note, like, things get old, things get brittle, things yeah, yeah. things will start to break down. So when that happens, th- then that all that advice goes out the window. Yeah, and we should also say that if you do finally have asbestos in your house, you should definitely go to a professional. Oh, gosh, yes. That, yeah, to have that professionally renew- removed by someone who has had the training and the OSHA training and all, all that stuff to knows how to handle that stuff. Because what they're going to have to do is – if you are going through uh, asbestos removal in a house or, or whatever, they'll encapsulate the room 
in plastic so it doesn't this the dust doesn't get off in other rooms so they'll try to if they're if it's like on a ceiling or something like that a lot of times like like the popcorn texture on ceilings that can have if it's you know if it's built in the 1970s and even sometimes into the uh the early 1980s you can still see some of the asbestos uh in that I believe it was uh, in in seventy eight. They stopped making the popcorn ceiling in the United States. They stopped making the popcorn ceiling with asbestos in it. But uh, that that it could have sat on the shelves, you know, yeah. in supply warehouses for a bit. If, you know, and, they, and, 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 you know. and these abatement contractors to put put what it's under called negative pressure, where they're, they're mm-hmm. constantly running a fan. So if anything does get into the air. It's it's sucking it out through a filter and pushing it outside, so mm-hmm. it's you know you're not getting dust collecting on your bookshelves and things like that. So yeah, th- these these professionals know exactly what they're doing. They've been trained to do this, um, and uh, it, it you know you may get a little sticker shock like what you're just going to scrape my ceiling. It's going to cost me how much, but it's you know it's cheaper than lung cancer. Yeah, I mean, it also hurts a lot less too. Allegedly, Allegedly. <laughs> but um, yeah, and also they'll have to the the people that do the abatement they'll wear Tyvek suits and then they'll go through the whole process of decontamination, cleaning up their equipment and stuff. And it's it's a it can be a mess. It really can can be a mess with this stuff. So you should only have a professional um, get rid of this stuff. You shouldn't you shouldn't really do it on your own. Um, so let's see. Uh, Asbestos exposure is the number one cause of work-related deaths in the world. It's it's a lot. That's Uh, depressing. Yeah, right. But 90,000 people die from asbestos-related diseases globally each year. Um, 90,000? That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, An estimated 125 million people worldwide remain at risk of occupational exposure to asbestos. Um, That I believe. I believe that number might even be higher. Higher than that, yeah. I mean, they'd use this stuff until, you know, potentially but, even. Yeah, then again, what? yeah. In my line of work, maybe that's why I think that number's higher. <laughs> um, in the United States, about 1.3 million workers in construction and general industry are at, at risk today. So it's, uh, there's a lot of asbestos that's still, still out there. Um so, and even, so there's, I got, I got two stories here, um, about kind of more, more recent, uh, you know, how asbestos in the news Well, in, uh, July of 2018, the Missouri jury ordered Johnson and Johnson to pay, uh, $4.69 billion to 22, 22 women who alleged the company's talc based products, including baby power contained asbestos and caused them to develop ovarian cancer. Um, and then in the year, there's another story that popped up in the year 2000. Um, there's some brands of crayons that uh, allegedly tested positive for asbestos. They used uh, talc in their formula. And some of this, uh, some of the talc um, was, was contaminated, could potentially, or I should say allegedly contaminated with uh, asbestos. Uh, those crayon companies, uh, they disputed the test results, but, uh, they did, uh, eventually revise their formula to not 
to no longer include talc. And some of these, some of these um, percentages were like half a percent of asbestos. And one was, it, it varied by color uh, from what I was reading. And one even had like 2% asbestos in a, in a certain color. Carnation wow. pink. Yeah. Well, all right, Jeff, there you go. <laughs> the carnation, but yeah, 2.8% or something. So allegedly that allegedly. is, uh, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> allegedly that, uh, that color from, uh, yeah. And you may think like, oh, it's, it's a waxy crayon. Like what are the odds you're going to breathe it in? Kids never... eat stuff. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. shouldn't eat. Yeah. So that's, awesome. and again, like what I explained before, if how asbestos does it to your lungs, it can do it to your stomach just as much. Um, so you, you never want to ingest asbestos if you can help it. <laughs> um, so uh, when was asbestos first used? Uh, some archaeologists think it could have been 750,000 years ago in the Stone Age. So that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Apparently it was, uh, uh, I didn't write it down the outline, but I, I think it was in some pottery or something like that, that contained, contained uh, some, some asbestos in it. That, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Correct. I mean, the, you have a lot of, uh, the oldest you know, definitive uses of asbestos are in ceramics. So are in, they have, they have pots from, from um, like Finland and Scandinavia from, I want to say like 5,000 years ago that are okay. definitely made with asbestos. Um, Which is, you know, just mind boggling. Like right now, like say like, all electronic like society collapses and, and we're rendered into the dark ages. I'm a geologist. I still wouldn't know how to like find iron and make a sword. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and these people 5,000 years ago were like, Hmm, this is good heat retaining properties. Let's make pottery just, out of this. If you're just dealing with that one mineral though, you know, yeah. 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 Like, no, I, I understand. As a I, geologist, you're not expected to know how to like make, you know, how to mine uranium ore at the same time, pull out iron out of out of hematite no. and you know, aluminum out of bauxite. Like thanks. Yeah. I can I mean, now sleep tonight, Chris. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. You know, I'm trying to make you feel better. Um, you sell yourself short, Steve. Come on. Let's... <laughs> they do uh so they would make the ceramics because like they would make bowls and stuff and they could retain the heat. Um, yeah, those are the yeah. insulating the Scandinavians making microwave microwave safe bowls since before there were microwaves. <laughs> yeah, good for them. Good for them. IKEA, right? God bless them. <laughs> Swedish for common sense. Um. All right, what else you got here? Oh, so Jesse. So, so anyway, back to that King Charlemagne story. So you disagree that it em- was Emperor Charlemagne. He was Emperor the, Charlemagne. I have he was more than a king, buddy. Yeah. He did Sorry. start as a, he did start as a king before he was crowned. He was crowned emperor in 800. Yes, I dispute the because you have in the outline around 755. His his birth is and we're not really sure. I mean, it was it was a long time ago, but he was born sometime in the 740s. So 755 would make him. 15. You know, less than 15, 742 is the earliest, I think so. 
but 748 oh. is more likely. So he was anywhere between 13 and seven. Oh, so I don't, I don't know if he was exactly throwing tablecloths at that point. Hmm. Well, it says here that it was to stop fires that could have happened during the celebrations. Oh, I guess a candle gets knocked over, but yeah, how many? It's like Steve's fire blanket. Yeah, Steve's, Steve's fire blanket. Is that why you have the fire blanket? Should I get a fire blanket? Uh, this my nervous Nelly mother bought yeah. us all fire blankets, so I I have it in the kitchen. Um, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look into a fire blanket now. Yeah, do you have fire extinguishers? Uh, yes. Okay, that's usually my go-to housewarming gift. Either that or a case of beer. So. <laughs> case of beer is pretty sweet too you should call uh you should bring steve you should name your fire blanket the uh just call it charlemagne or the uh yes. emperor charlemagne memorial fire Ooh, blanket. yes <laughs> now we're talking i might just write charlemagne on it but who knows like you know i might i'm sure my mother ordered it off the internet it could have asbestos in it <laughs> how long ago did she order it off the internet did she get it from like an antique shop no it was like last year hmm. But, uh, no, but that's, that's, you know, that's one of those things like, uh, it's sitting there off to the side, not doing anything and not, not causing any harm. If my kitchen starts to catch fire, like a grease fire and, and there's, you know, you need either a special K, uh, distinguished fire fire extinguisher that has that, you know, there's a, B, C, D, K that the K is good for grease fires or you have a blanket that basically smothers it and cuts off the oxygen from your fire tetrahedron and you cut off that that oxygen part of it and boom you you save yourself but you may have exposed yourself to a little bit of asbestos so so what's what's the give and take but if they can make fire blankets without asbestos then obviously you go that route yeah it looks i mean i'm just really quickly it looks like they make them out of fiberglass yeah, which again, fiberglass too, you shouldn't breathe in either, yeah. but it's not nearly as carcinogenic. Yeah. Hmm. Um, all right. Well, I learned so much about fire blankets just now. I was not <laughs> expecting to. <laughs> you know, all right. You know, if, if I ever have a fire and I use it, I'll, I'll let you guys know. Exactly. I'll even tell Megan, like, oh, film this. Yeah, your grilled cheese, your grilled cheese catches on fire. You know, let me let me know how you put that bad boy out. All right. Yep. Wait, film this. Um. <laughs> all right. Uh, ten ninety five. Uh, let's see. During the first crusade, uh, the knights used catapult, also known as a trebuchet. Trebuchet. Fling flaming bags of pitch and tar. What's pitch? It's like so, uh, yeah. It's almost it's like, like tar. Yeah, essentially. All right. So basically flaming bags of tar wrapped in asbestos bags over city walls during their sieges. How about that? Asbestos used during the crusades. Um, they have asbestos paper that shows up in the 1700s. Uh, the 1800s, the Italian government was using asbestos fibers in its banknotes. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a story, uh, Ben, I didn't put this in the outline. Ben Franklin brought a asbestos purse over to England Ooh. in the, in the 1700s and gave it to someone as a gift and it's still on display in the museum. Huh? Yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, 
in the 1850s, the Parisian Fire Brigade, they started wearing jackets and helmets made of asbestos. Um, and then we get jump into the Industrial Revolution. We start using all this stuff for asbestos for insulators, steam engines, turbines, all that stuff. Um, asbestos is also malleable. So um, there you go. There's a very, 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 uh, I don't know, condensed summarized history of asbestos there hmm. so yeah the good the bad and the ugly yeah did have some good properties but also had some really 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 bad properties yeah. you don't want to get asbestosis it just that doesn't sound yeah. like a good time no so um i think that pretty much wraps it up for our podcast here on asbestos yeah thanks to our listeners thanks to all our patreons um yeah thanks uh, a lot what we is really it? appreciate uh, all your support if you'd like to support the podcast help us out paying some of the bills uh you can go to our patreon website uh, patreon.com slash geology flannel cast uh uh you also uh, we have some merch for sale too uh i got some coffee mugs uh some t-shirts and you can get a geology flannel cast hoodie a really cool logo on it all that stuff um that's all available at geologyflannelcast.com. If you have any burning geology questions that you'd like us to answer, every once in a while we'll do a, uh, a questions episode. We answer, play stump the geologist. We'll answer all of your geology questions. Um, so um, send them over our way. You can see the on the website, it says geology questions. Or if you just want to contact us, say hi. How you doing? Uh, we like it when people just say hi. Let us know how you enjoy the podcast, what you like and all that stuff. Um, don't be shy. If you like the podcast, shoot us an email. Say hi. Uh, you can get all that info on geologyflannelcast.com. Um, we got, we got some good things going on the, the Facebook page and uh, may or may not be having the, uh, the Instagram site revamped. Uh, or, you know, we might, it's hard to top what we've already put out there on Instagram, <laughs> Good point. which is, you know, a picture or two. So we, we, you know, I, I didn't realize you could put more than one picture out there. So, uh, we're, we're, uh, consulting with an outside consultant to try to up our game there on, uh, Instagram. So keep an eye out for that. And yeah. to all of our listeners out there who just this week found out about their PG exam, either congratulations and or you'll get them next time so i i know a bunch of our listeners out there uh, emailed us or, or sent us messages on facebook saying hey i passed so that's fantastic good that's you know such a huge step in your in your career in geology so congratulations out and there. and we're everybody. currently working with asbog right now to have listening to the geology flannel cast as a, a prerequisite for taking the exam right uh Yes. A whole section on the exam. Yeah. You know, it's like so much hydrology, so much mineralogy, so much economic geology, and then like 1% podcasting. Podcast geology. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, congratulations out there. If uh, you just passed your PG, that's a, that's exciting and uh, good job on the hard work. And I'm sure. Yeah. It's a sense of much sense of a relief. We just got a, a a message from our outside collaborator saying they've already posted on Instagram. So 
by the time you listen to this podcast, there are, there'll already be several new posts. So yippee. All right. Jump on that Instagram site, guys. Yeah. Site. The Insta. Whatever you do on the, on the, the app. I guess yeah. it's an, it's an application, app. Chris. The kids call them apps these days. App, huh? Is that how you say it? Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Um, well, hey, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out. Thanks to all of our Patreon sponsors out there. And just thanks for uh, just all of, our, all of our friends just listening to the podcast. Thank you so much, guys. We really appreciate the heck out of all of you guys for listening. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Yeah, Jesse, what song are we going out on? Oh, boy. Caught me off guard here. I was looking at the Instagram post. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll take over for Jesse. What do you got? What do you got? We didn't start the fire by Billy oh. Joel. Ah, Perfect. nice. You've, I've trained you well. Always burning <laughs> since the world's been turning. There you go. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. All right. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for stopping by.